everybody, it's Drew. And it's Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoker Controllers podcast. Everybody, welcome to episode sixty-four. Uh, we're going to tackle one game today. It's pr- it's a larger uh, RPG, and that's why we've dedicated it to just one episode. And at the end, I'll try to sell you on a TV show. Uh, but before we get to it, I'm gonna go ahead and go through all of our uh, social media, our little internet presence, if you will. So you can find us on basically everything. We got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or on Discord. Uh, lately we try to twitch, not lately, but we haven't been able to twitch because for some reason the co-op game we're doing, uh, won't let us live stream it for some reason yeah. on Twitch. Yeah. It takes two. We will, will not let you live stream for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's cause it's EA or maybe, is it still in like the pre preview program no, or something? It's, no. it's pretty solid it's on, game. It's so. on game pass. I mean, no. so I'm not entirely sure. Um, also feel free to sign up for our Patreon, uh, help us, you know, get artwork with, uh, with devious as well as, you know, there's a few added things you get the unedited episode and see how dumb we actually are as well as the second tier of that. You can pick a game off the game pass and we'll play it with you and we'll talk about it and stuff like that. We also have a Spotify playlist that drew maintains. Uh, he should have added to it last episode, about all um, it, it's all the music that we've played all the all the music that he's recommended he has the song in order of the episodes that we've recommended it's not, it's not in order because I, I add things late so there's no oh. order there's no order to it but it's oh, well. all the songs are there regardless and if you're listening right now we have a bed of music that usually plays during our little intro here um if you are a music maker of any kind you feel free to give it to us, and if we find it interesting or fun at all, we will try to put it in here, and we'll give you props to it. We also have our our store where you can buy, what, beanies, mugs, T-shirts? Yeah, I was looking at the other day, because um, just looking at it, just refresh my memory, there's pillows, stickers, water bottles. Oh, so we can be somebody's waifu pillow? Well, it's just our logo on a pillow. Doesn't but matter, it's two of us. If you want to hug hug us at nighttime, you can get one of the pillows. Two men, one pillow, your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have any sort of suggestions, or if you're trying to submit your music as well, uh, you can email us. Email us. And uh, last but not least, a little self promotion. Yeah, that that the number two spoken controllers at gmail.com. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, I actually have a brother podcast to this one uh, called Action, the movie podcast, where me and a good buddy of ours, Steve, um, take turns semi-surprising each other with movies that we live discuss on the podcast. We don't discuss it until then, and it's been pretty fun so far. We just put out an episode last Sunday? Today. Today. Oh, today. It's dropping. Drop today was uh, Black Dynamite. Dynamite! 
I also have a short story that we are promoting uh, called They Come This Night. It's uh, if you're an Amazon, uh, if you're Kindle Unlimited member, it's free for you. But if you don't, it's just 99 cents, just a buck. And all links to all of this will be in our show notes. Thank you. That's it. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to dive into our first mm-hmm. game? Or only game this time. So the game we're discussing today is called Legend of Dragoon. a JRPG originally released in Japan December 2nd, 1999 and then it had later rollout dates for North America being June 3rd, 2000 and in Europe was January 19th, 2001 now this was earlier like as you could tell so I'm guessing that localizations and translations were a lot harder to do I guess, because those were roughly six months apart yeah. So that's that's what I assume took because nowadays a lot of stuff gets simul translated at the exact same time as it's being made. A lot everything of kind of releases at the same time now. Nowadays yeah. it's, it's kind of it's a little easier. The crews are bigger and everything's just bigger now. And it's not as much of a shunned art form. <laughs> I mean, it's still kind of frowned upon, but it's not as, much as shunned as it used to be. All right. So the developers of this game are Japan. Studios, which is a subsidiary of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Now, unfortunately, uh, Japan Studio is is defunct as of 2021, April 2021. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's uh, not their fault necessarily, because even when I tried to look them up, they had very few games that were strictly them. A lot of times they were the helpers, the helping, yeah. the co-development team, uh, and teams that they worked alongside and helped code with were Team Ico, mm-hmm. Team Gravity, Project Siren, as well as uh, Asobi, Asobo, mm-hmm. Asobi, Asobi. Yeah. Now the funny thing is that Asobi, Japan Studio has now been merged in with Team Asobi. Yeah. They're, they're now one. The Japan now, now they're just now they're just part of Team Asobi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think because everybody really like Team, Team Asobi. We've covered one of the games is the they're the Astrobot people currently right now. They just put out. Everybody's really loving the uh, the PS5 pack-in game. Astro, Astro, what did they name that one? Just Astro Astro Playroom or something like I that. I think it's Astro's Playroom. Yeah, but uh, it's a Team Team Asobi, and they made the the VR game, the uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission that me and Blake covered on the on the podcast, which is a a uh, really good, uh, really good VR platformer. So they they were really well received. I think everybody everybody talked about the new game so much. That I think it's about when Sony would have absorbed them and probably about that time combine the other team into that team and to maybe probably probably expecting another bigger, better uh, Astrobot game for too long. Now a uh, a couple of things. Oh, the uh, another studio that they were 
co with was a bunch was called Sugar and Rockets. I, mean, I don't really haven't heard of them much, you know? but the for Japan Studio they were uh, from '93 to 2021. So they had a pretty long run before Gosh. before they were merged and you know separated it's off. Like Sony's consolidating companies this year, a last year. Bit. And so, like I said earlier, Team Ico. They co with you know who they are, Ico, uh, Last Guardian, Shadow of the Colossus. Colossus. So they help co do co develop those. Uh, Team Gravity is responsible for Gravity Rush. They yeah. help co develop that as well. Both of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Team Siren is uh, originally called Team Silent, which is the Silent Hill franchise. Mm-hmm. So they help them co develop those as well. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of things that are original to them that they didn't co op. Were like the Ape Escape game series back oh, in the day. Ape Escape is uh, strange. I wonder if uh, Team Asobi would be a good team for that. I wonder if they absorbed it because I was wondering why te- like Ape Escape hadn't come back. You know, seems ripe for a, like a like a re like a re release or, or like just a, an HD you know HD collection first and then like do a then have Team Asobi do a brand new Ape Escape. I mean, why not? I, I think people, kids kids would love it. It'd be real cool on the haptics. I was gonna say it'd be a pretty cool VR experience being a via. Could be a VR game, or, yeah. Or you better yet, be be the reverse. You're a monkey running from being captured or something. That'd be kind of silly. Or do maybe some multiplayer? Who knows? It could be a uh, three versus one because those are pretty popular. Those asymmetrical things like Dead by Daylight. Somebody plays as a monkey, or maybe three three monkeys and one trying trying to capture. Yeah, that would that would be kind of dope. Yeah, hmm. we're geniuses apparently. Yep. And the last... If, if those games, any game kind of like that comes out, remember you heard it here first. <laughs> Very true. And the last but not least is um, Knack. They're responsible for making Knack 1 and 2. Did they? There's a, 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 head, a head guy that, that I guess he worked with that team. Maybe it, maybe it was his it was his team. I forget. I remember his name. There was one, one particular dude, like a director or something like that who was really into Knack. I was wondering if there would be a Knack 3. I'm not sure if they ever I enjoy, sold too well. I enjoyed Knack 1, but they, they had a weird post-game gimmick where you had to replay through the levels and you had a chance of opening these chests and getting these things to make it... Oh, new. yeah, that chance stuff. It was yeah. weird. Got weird gotcha chests. Yeah. And I never played the second one, but people The second said, one seemed like a, like a cheap... Knockoff. Yeah, weirdly enough. Anyway, this isn't the Knack podcast. We're uh, going to dive. Uh, th- that was just the developer, which is Japan Studio for Legend of Dragoon. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to dive into Dragoon itself. Now, there's a little bit of uh, like behind-the-scenes stuff. Like uh, Legend of Dragoon had a three-year development cycle, which at the time that, that was seemed, kind of fast. That seems really fast for an RPG of its size. At the time, was very fast. It was also one of the most expensive ever made at the time. It uh, yeah. whopping sixteen million dollars in 1996. I mean, it's a big, it's a big graphics, and it's I mean, of it's of a PlayStation era. I mean, it is a it's a big game, that's for sure. And with the, there is quite a f- large amount of CGs, CGIs, as well as a lot of photo, quote unquote, photorealistic pre-rendered backgrounds. Yeah. A lot of the Final Fantasies did this at the time too. Final but, Fantasies seven, eight, nine of the same of the same generation. They did these uh, backgrounds that don't that don't move, so they actually look they actually look better 
than the uh, character models usually because they're steel backgrounds. Actually, I think a lot of PlayStation games in general, the, the higher-end PlayStation games, would have used the same technique. But it caused that the amount and length of CGs, because this is a PlayStation 1 game, mind mm. you, and you'll notice right away that the CGs, though dated, are still fairly gorgeous. Yeah. They're still fairly gorgeous and voice acted. Yeah, not a lot of voice acting. Not a lot of voice acting, but they are voice acted mm-hmm. on a, a PS2? PS1. A PS1 game, right? PS1 yeah, game, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My brain broke for a sec, yeah. On a PS1 game. So that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, because of all, all of that, it's what, and all that happened within three years. Now, originally, the creator uh, of the game did not want there to be any CGI because he thought that it would take away from what he was shooting for because he was <clears throat> his goal was to make the most realistic RPG to date. Yeah, I feel like uh maybe of it in that time period you see uh you see, I think it's maybe more jarring in Final Fantasy 7 probably where you maybe he's going for that like you want to focus on what the game I don't know I don't know his thoughts but you want to focus on what the game looks like and then these CGs can be jarring because they're a completely different graphic style, mm-hmm. you know. And if obviously seven had like diff- two different kinds of CGs, one where they had the little chibi dudes in the CG, and one where they had the tall characters in the CG, very jarring. I'm surprised they did it that way. Dragoon doesn't do that. Dragoon does completely different character models and see, like vastly yeah. different. So more detailed, bigger, even more detailed than the in battle animation. The, yeah, so the game has like the running around graphics, the battle graphics, and then the CG graphics. I can get why he I understand if that's his thought process. If he's trying to keep the game more cohesive, maybe than he but wouldn't have wanted the flashy CGIs and the flashy CGIs would have cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He didn't want them, but with their initial pitch and <clears throat> some other companies having the CGI, they were told to do it. Yeah. What's this release date compared to 7? I don't know what 7's is. 7's probably 97, I think. And Yeah, so this was just a few years after that. After that, I don't know if 8, I don't know if eight had come out yet. So they have, they had, they had the this, looming... This, this came the, out January 2009. They might have been working on 8 or 9. 2009? I mean, not 2009, 1999. Okay, I like two, 2 or 3 years. Okay, so they had the looming shadow of Final Fantasy over their heads. In and between. Stuff like that, yeah. And which is not looming, the shadow, the already there shadow. That's what led to a lot of their reviews and stuff, is they were compared unfavorably to Final Fantasy, which yeah, it's not, the, it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. But one of the crazy things is the game. They sold over a million copies, but most of it was in North America. Yeah. It wasn't. I guess it didn't. Japan didn't like it. I guess not. Hmm. It said the majority of sales came from North America. That's weird. It's just very strange. Well, why they didn't like it over there? Mm-hmm. Is that like superhero transformations? Like they're magical girls and stuff they like over there. I mean, they transform like that. I think they like that kind of. And more, more I, I wouldn't have said magical girls. I would have said more like Sentai and Power Rangers. Well, maybe. Well, that too. That makes them better than magical girls. Well, they, well magical girls and the Super Sentai, that stuff's all popular in Japan. Super Sentai's yeah. still around, you know? Mm. So you think an RPG with some sort of heroes transforming into a more powerful hero would be a big a big deal in Japan? I, just, I guess not. I guess because of the Final Fantasy, it was... No I mean, room, I guess, for a new. I mean, realistically, if it came out after seven, I would hate to come out, an RPG to come out after seven. I'd hate to be the guy putting an RPG back then. 
it didn't to be that director and be like, man, this sucks. And you're, cause you're, you're developing your game. You're working, you're really proud of what you're doing. And then Final Fantasy seven comes out and you're like, damn, this sucks. I mean, seven looks awesome. It looks cool. It's changing the way gaming's gaming's done. And you're like, and you're still working on your game. Your game's not out yet. And you're like, you gotta be sitting there. Imagine just sitting in a room, you know, looking at a computer and just thinking to yourself about when that game launches right before your game, you just gotta be, you know, it's just, it's, That'd be discouraging, probably. I mean, you're probably proud of that. You're probably proud of the other developers. That you, probably, I bet he loves the games. Oh yeah. I keep saying Final Fantasy VII because that's just that's just the era. It's what, it's what come out. So we might mention it a few more times in comparison, which is what we probably shouldn't do, but it's impossible at the time frame not to. Because I think it would have been that that same era. But I, I just feel bad for that guy at that time. He had to be really sweating it. Yeah, very much so. And with. I think because he, the creator originally didn't want CGs, but I think with pitch meetings and with them being Japan Studios and and you know a subsidiary of Sony, they're like, hey, we need these these things are selling, so you need to add this. And so from the get go, they were told that they were, with the inclusion of CGIs and the pre-rendered backgrounds that they were going to have from the get-go, they were already told that they were going to have the maximum amount of space capable in a PlayStation 1 case, which is four discs. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll be using four discs, period. That's what you will use. <laughs> and they're like, okay, we will. And so that's, you know, they kind of, had, we kind of came in drowning a little bit to the point... Um, one of the key things from the artistic director, which is Kimichi Iwata, and uh, the second was, this is kind of funny, uh, his second uh, art director, or his assistant, was Tatsuya Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Tatsuya Nomura, <laughs> mm-hmm. which are really close. But uh, they were the team responsible for the artwork and the main thing that they were shooting for creator. And he told them time and time again, realistic. I want realism. I don't want anime Mm -hmm. to the point that I think there was an argument. The first, uh, one of the first renderings of Rose, which is one of the characters we'll get into had lime green hair and the director crumpled up and threw it at the guy. He said, no, I didn't want anime. I want realistic. Yeah. Do it I, again. Now you mentioned that. You can see that throughout the game, aside aside from Kongo, maybe. But Kongo is a giant, technically. He is a giant. Other than that, everybody else looks normal. He, he wanted realistic. He didn't want anime. A little bit. That's cool, though. That is, you know, he was he was focused on that so much because all these other anime JRPGs you're used to are loud and vibrant. and like He still took certain anime aspects because he said each character, he didn't want the green hair, but he's like, each character... So they're more easily identifiable, can have a specific color dedicated to them. Yeah, you see that. That's obvious in the game. Yeah, and that's you know where they came up with it. And that's when they kind of started like hammering out the story and stuff and getting to that specific thing. But kind of one random cool thing is the how they came up with the names of everybody. Because you have a total of nine playable characters that you get to use. And so they uh, the entire art team which was 10 people each person for each night each nine characters was allowed to write one name for each of the nine characters put into a hat and, but they were they used the, a, a, any name they wanted from a to n and for the nine characters and they a threw eight i don't know why a to n instead of a to z but a to n was the specific i guess they i don't know and so they that's literally how they they threw names and hats and they're like what name 
but they already had the artwork. And they're like, this name matches that character. This name matches that character. And they all voted as a team on whatever name they drew, who, what got what name. So that was kind of well, weird. They, they draw from a hat or they vote? It's confusing. They drew from a hat and decided which character got that name. Oh. So this name came out. Who's getting this name? Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of these nine people. So it's kind of weird how you would name people like that. Mm-hmm. But I guess, I mean, I guess they were in a crunching a little bit. Like I said, three-year turnaround for and focus on everything. I think my total playtime was about 61 hours. I don't, I don't know what mine was. Give or take. I think yours was less. Yeah. Now, before I want to preface this, uh, Game Shark was used. Yeah. I still say that um, I don't want to spend the podcast whining. I think this game's uh, this game's really poorly poorly balanced throughout. You see a lot of I see a lot of a lot of Reddit posts about this game. Talk about how oh the game's too easy. This game's it's probably one of the easiest RPGs ever. I find that to not be true in the slightest. Uh, I think a lot of the nostalgia for this game and a lot of the talk of this game leans really really heavily into the first disc. I can believe it. You being you play now, now you play because I told Blake this too. I think a lot of the nostalgia, a lot of posts, a lot of Reddit posts, internet posts about this game and people loving it. I feel like a lot of this is real one sided and really early in the game. This game can be like I was playing parts. I use I use Game Shark because I got sick sick of getting my butt kicked everywhere everywhere I went, and I'm really bad at we'll talk about the timing aspect of the game. We've talked about it in games before RPGs before the timing combat. We don't we don't like that in general. This is this is different than that, but the same. In a way, I found this game to be excessively difficult uh, a lot of the times to a point where it wasn't fun and you can't grind because the experience in the game is wildly low and stuff like that. So there, and there's just not a good place to grind to get stronger. You know, you might people like oh, just get good, get good at the timing things. I don't, I don't care nothing about that. I have no interest in uh, doing that. So I had the game short. I had, I did uh, infinite health and. Um, uh, infinite money so I can buy these freaking accessory that automatically completed your additions. We'll, we'll talk about additions here in just a second, probably because that's the key part of that key part of that thing. I think Blake just did money. I think you play in money so you can buy the... I did money and I tested one other thing out, which was a max level for a character because I mm-hmm. wanted to see what max level actually was for the game because the game does have a level cap. Where's it cap at? 60. 60. As opposed to... You won't get nowhere near that normal playthrough. I think, Drew, I think you ran through the entire game. What was your highest level? I don't remember. Maybe the mid to late 30s. Yeah. Not counting, because I, I, I that's used... When that's with stopping to grind sometimes, because I wanted a little more oomph behind my attacks. Likewise. Um, so, of the nine characters, uh, I only used one to max level which was our main character which is Dart mm-hmm. and I kind of did it at first and I was like ah, it's one of those things where it made a huge difference early on but then as it got closer to, to the end of the game that max level meant nothing didn't do anything like he would if he was he was the guy that allowed me to survive like because my whole party would be wiped and I was like okay revive item revive item Jesus Christ and he would spend the time trying to heal yeah. And get them back to full health while they were damaging stuff. I mean, you had party wiping attacks this entire game, and lots, lots of instant death, enemy, instant death enemies, and bosses with instant death attacks, 
and things that I'm like, even with infinite health, okay, and I did still grind because, I, like I said, I wanted to have more power to fight stuff. I'd be, and I still see my damage. I would fight bosses and stuff and fight regular walk around enemies that would hit my characters for more health than they had consistently throughout the game. Now, granted, like I said, this is like second, three, and four day. Like the later you get in the game, the harder things hit, and you're not, you're not equal or close to their power level i guess you know so you're like i'm just like there's not this game is not easy i think people like bang through the first disc and then when they come to again when they come to talk about online they're like oh it's easy i just i just ran right through it i was like no i feel like you ran right through the first disc maybe and then nobody and a lot of people's nostalgic memories are on the first half of things i think early memories of things and your nostalgia gets stuck in the early parts you don't think about the rest of it there's some hard, hard, powerful things about this game that are just way more powerful than you are. And it gets to a point where you can gr you can grind early in the game and gain a few levels with Dart by himself. As soon as you get characters, this game makes one of the biggest RPG faux pas, I think, ever. And starts dividing your experience across your party, like mathematically. Like, to say, easy, like Dart's fighting early fights and Dart's getting 10 experience a fight. Which is 10 experiences may be great for Dart. You meet another character and immediately cuts his experience in half. Like Dart's getting five and the other character's getting five. And you're like, well, this is a nightmare. And then you get a third person in your party. And you're getting garbage experience. It gets to a point in the game to where you're basically only leveling up after you fight bosses. They did do... It does do the thing where everybody gets experience. Yeah. But once you... After you have three people, everybody just shares a third of the experience that comes out. Yeah, it's a, which is horrible. Yeah, it's real bad. I think the best experience I could get from a, a random fight, and I had to go back to that area, was like I was getting like three hundred experience to fight. It was the best experience I could get from a fight. Three hundred divided. Three hundred divided. Like at the end, it would, you know, when the, when it would tally up, it would tell me three hundred, and but that three hundred was a hundred for everybody. Yeah. And you have like, and it was taking thousands. Yeah, five, to, ten, fifteen thousand to level, to level up. Yeah, so the, someone placed a decimal wrong somewhere. They had to have. Cause it, yeah, I feel like this is something. If this game was ever re-released or redone or anything like that, there would be some wickedly different math done, probably. Definitely for modern modern people. I can't imagine. Can't imagine like a younger person or a modern gamer coming to this game now and thinking it's. That it, it that it plays that it that stuff does well. I yeah. think I think it was, and I'm pre, I'm very lenient to old RPG because I that's PlayStation's my era. That's my favorite era of RPGs. So I'm real lenient when it comes to those RPGs, and I just think this one's very poorly balanced. Now we'll, like, we'll get into the combat probably right now. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The main thing that is the draw, I guess, is where all your power comes from. Is called additions. And now it is a timed button pressing combat thing, like active combat. And each character has a set number from anywhere from like four. I think Dart had the most. Dart had like nine different editions. And some of them go all the way up to being, you know, 10 or 12 hits. Yeah. Is it any of that high? Maybe Alberts are that high? Some are Alberts, yeah. Yeah, gosh. But some others, you know, were three, five, six, but still. Yeah. Uh, and I would struggle on completing the ones and twos. 
Yeah, exactly. Because the the timing required absolute perfection. perfection, and that was also one of the bigger complaints. Uh, besides it being compared to the Final Fantasy, one of the biggest complaints was the additions, though cool, were too perfect on their timing. Yeah, there's no leniency at all. There's no leniency, except yeah. for there. If you have the money, like. Early on, but money's terrible. Money is awful too. Money's just almost just as bad as experience. Yeah. So the thing with additions is, is that I think it's not. It's even not true. I guess. I guess the game is more. The game is more balanced. Your power wise, your game. The game is balanced. Your enemy's HP is to where like you're nailing additions the entire game. Maybe so you get full power. When you miss an addition, you're doing half or less power of your normal attack. Yeah. And you're constant guarantee unless you're. It's the game. One game you're playing, you practice all day, every day. You're not nailing these additions consistently. It's too no. much, and everybody and all your team has different timing on different additions, and you're changing additions and leveling. They level up after use and get stronger. But you know, I don't know. So I feel like, and even with I had the thing like you about to talk about, I had the infinite money because it takes infinite money to afford. There's two accessories that you equip to your character, and it automatically does additions. The cheaper one. Which is still out of your price range. No, you can get it for. It's only like a thousand dollars. You can get it. Yeah, you want to buy one for everybody? I just don't. There's not that kind of money in the game. The one you get um, completes your additions, but cuts power in half. And they're like, "Well, that's nearly up." I mean, it's it's a balance between. Is that a waste of time? Because I can't complete half of my additions anyway, so I'm normally at half or less power. And then, then this completes my additions, but halves my attack power. You're just like, wow, this sucks. And then the other one that should, I think the other one, uh, if you save money the entire game, you might be able to afford one naturally. Yeah. Probably like I'm not even I'm not even not even close to exaggerating. If you save money the entire game, you might be able to buy one, which is maybe how they wanted it to be. I don't know, but it completes your additions 100% for 100% damage, and even that. Fights some boss fights take a long time with bosses like you doing your attacks, your attacks, attacks, and a boss hits your party for more HP than they have, and you're like, okay, you know, but I'm surviving because of infinite health. But like, I just don't understand that. But I didn't, and I I was just not having like Blake, uh, the first couple of editions with dart, I can barely get darts one or two or threes sometimes, and I can get Rose's first one maybe, and then Albert's is super fast. Mm-hmm. He's the fast wind character, so he's like he's gonna fly across the screen, and you done missed the button. I mean, it's kind of it's really not a fun combat system. Me and Blake don't like timing based combat. It's just not. Some people love it. I think, and again, I think it's people loving the first beginning of the game. Nobody talk. Nope. Go scroll through your Reddit. Nobody's talking about late game dragoon. No, nobody is. And that is hands down, like combat should be the coolest thing, and it's obviously one of the things they probably focused most on. Because he, he went out of his way because he, he, the director of the game wanted people to be more interactive in combat and not just hit attack and wait, attack. He wanted people to feel like they're really playing. Yeah. And it doesn't work for me. <laughs> no, me neither. Like the, the stuff in the, the combat, it doesn't look cool. They did a lot, I know they did a lot of work, everybody's additions and different moves. Because the additions, the characters do different combos and different moves and they have... Maybe not always doing things that are, that are, if he's going for realism, they're not always doing things that are realistic maybe, but some are just different sword slashes. One guy just punches the axes. The axes aren't very complicated. But uh, 
the combat, everything in the combat does look cool. And we'll talk about the Dragoon spirits here in a minute. In well. just a second. Other than that, like the combat, which should be, as our JRPG, should be one of the more cool things to happen. With the additions, you're so focused on staring at that button trying to hit it that you don't get to enjoy how cool it looks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? So I, now there are other absolutely amazing, amazing accessories you can wear that, you know, half magic damage, half physical damage, half all damage, uh, take 25% less damage from the entire game. But we only have one accessory slot. And if you're horrible at the additions, like both me and Drew were, I and I was not putting them in, especially late game when I was, some of them were like, I tried once late game. And I'm just like, no. Maybe if you spent hours and hours hitting these additions over and over and over again, but you miss, you miss one, one button and the, it's over. You know, it is. It's not like the addition keeps going. If it saves a three hit combo and you miss on the second one, you do five damage, five damage and nothing. But if you hit all three, you do five damage, five damage and 35 damage and you deal a massive, you know, it adds it all together, but only if you finish it. And it's mm-hmm. not like you, I could go hit, miss, hit. Nope. It's hit, miss, done. Yeah. It'd be cool if it kept going. And, and it's not like it's not like better to do like, say you have a, a three hit addition and a five hit addition. If you get the three hits of the five, it's not as strong as the three hit addition. You have to get the five hits to make it more powerful than the three hit addition. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I think like, so. Yeah, because the, the final hits are always that makes completes the addition. You know? And the other added complication is we'll get I'll kind of get into it now is what allows these metamorphic transformations it's called legend of dragoon and as you play through the game uh almost all your characters get a dragoon spirit they all get one well it just means more to some people than others yeah and so as you get the dragoon spirit dragoon spirits level up i think one to three or one to four it's a weird no i don't think they go to five it was like one to four it was a weird number. But the only way to get the Dragoon experience to level up is by completing the additions. Yeah, which has nothing to do with the Dragoons. I, was, I found that out later in my game. I was like, I guess I transform into Dragoons and do attacks. Maybe I get Dragoon experience. It's never... The game never... I don't think it ever even tells you. It tells you once on like... Like a passing tutorial or something like that. So yeah, you do I took addition, a picture of it so, and showed you that they do tell you, but it's not... Yeah, your additions give you... Traditions give you SP, and the SP is what you builds up a bar to turn into a dragoon. But that SP is also the experience that levels up your dragoons. It's I don't know. It's very strange. If you're not getting good additions, you're not leveling up your dragoon spirits. And and that's uh, again for the realism. Uh, the only way in the game to use magic, or at any point in the game where magic is used, is while you're in a dragoon spirit. Yeah, or items. Yeah, I don't count magical you. items. Yeah, yeah. So, people, so people don't have regular humans don't have inherent magical ability. Yeah, which is kind of like where where the mythos of the game kind of comes from. Yeah. So you, mean, you mentioned the story earlier. Yeah, and we kind of went off kind of kind of got tangented away. If you want to talk about the story, because so the story is important to the I guess to the dragoons. The, the world and the story is all pretty cool mm-hmm. in and of itself. It all takes place in the world of. Edenness. Or Endedness. Anyway. <laughs> and it all kind of focuses, a lot of the story focuses on 
Very political, I think. <laughs> not, no, not even really. Early, earlier, it seems like it is. Maybe it is because whatever. Uh, but until you beat that guy, I guess it's kind of political. But then that's not even the halfway mark. Yeah, it's like the first disc. Yeah, they? and you got three more to go through. Yeah. Now the mythos comes from it's called Legend of Dragoon, and we have Dragoon spirits. Now, in the world of Edenus, there was the ten thousand year war between humans and their overlords, the Winglies. Wing lies, wing lies, which were winged individuals who had inherent magic because they were magical creatures, and they subjugated humans for a long time, roughly ten thousand years. <laughs> and then, out of nowhere, the uh, some other magical creatures in the in the area, uh, dragons, deemed that it is unfair for one creature to rule another. And so they decided to help out humans and bestow upon them the Dragoon Spirits of some of the more legendary dragons. And with the help of these Dragoon Spirits, humans overthrew the Winglies and pretty much slaughtered them all. You can't rule, but it's okay to, you know, perform genocide. Whatever. But they did, they overthrew their you know, lords, and then the uh, the dragons took their powers back because they're like, if you have that power, it'll just be a cyclical thing. So they took the power back and let humans flourish, and that's usually what happens. Mankind ruins itself, mm-hmm. as always, and and then that's where we kind of get to the political stuff where Drew was talking about where. You have the the emperor, just a bad emperor is all it really is, and you get to you, you know, you, Emperor Diaz. Yeah, I forget who knows him. Who's he familiar with? Uh, he is Prince Albert's uncle. Albert's uncle, that's right. Yeah, he's related to one of the characters. Yeah, because he killed Albert's dad to took to take the empire. <laughs> yeah, so so it's a little political, nice revenge stories and stuff going on, and then. Out of nowhere, uh, Dia will kind of like trigger one of the inciting incidents uh, is Diaz attacks uh, a village with a dragon. Somehow he gained control over a dragon and it's a mindless creature now. And he has a dragoon spirit. He's in control of that dragon. No, that's the green dragon. He doesn't have the green dragoon spirit. But it's the green dragon at the beginning of the game. It's the green dragon. Yeah, but at that time he doesn't have he already has it. that's how he, that's how he, that's how you would control the dragon because when you fight him he has the when you fight Diaz he's the green dragoon spirit isn't he no Diaz is the purple one where's the, where's the wind one at then he's that other douchebag I don't remember yeah so this is kind of the the whole intro is really cool where you get to meet darts and you come home and Diaz has massacred your village and taken a childhood friend of yours hostage to experiment on her. Uh, Shayna. Yeah. And then, of course, while you're there, you meet, uh, you get your first party member, which is a gentleman named Lavitz. And he is second in command to Prince Albert. Now, one of the only things I remembered about this game, and I want to go ahead and, sp- spoiler warning right now, if you have not played Legend of Dragoon, 
please stop listening if you have any interest in playing it. This is like the only major spoiler of the entire game, let's be honest. This is the one of the moments everybody talks Again, first disc stuff, one of the moments everybody talks about. Is you have a character named Lavitz who, near the end uh, of disc one, is permanently killed off. And he is the wielder of the Green Dragoon Spirit. And then it transfers over to Albert. Prince Albert. Now, I want to bring this up. So, cause I, cause they, uh, they do it on purpose. I always found Lavitz to be a much more endearing and interesting character than Albert was. He's definitely a... Well, he's a commoner turned lord through sheer effort and recognition. So yeah. he's... He's not like the other lords. It's a trope. I, I came from nothing, but here I am. You know, he's one of those dudes. He becomes... I think he was a better character than oh, Albert. Yeah. He becomes very fast friends with darts. Like, they even have, like, a dude bro moment with, like, you just saved my life, bro. No problem, bro. Let's be friends forever. All right, bro. And they high five. Like, they didn't say bro, but... No, but when you're playing the game and you know he dies, you're watching all this, and you're like, oh, I see what they're, I see what they're doing they're here. They're really making you like Really Lavitz. ramping ramping him up and making you really like Lavitz because they know they're going to kill him. Yeah, which he was he was a fun character. Yeah. Notably one of the better better of all the characters. If you're really in the, I think that it's written that way on purpose. Okay, yeah. When you look at when you put everybody out in front of you, yeah. Yeah. I'm cuz I'm looking at the list of names, I'm just like, yeah, better. There's another character look at here, they don't die. Another character leaves your party later and gets replaced by another character too and you're kind of like, meh. Yeah. And I, <laughs> whatever whatever bye humbug because <laughs> this also this is one of my bigger problems is the dragoon spirits are supposed to be the they're so fickle so fickle so wishy-washy they're supposed to be you're supposed to be chosen yeah you get chosen the dragoon spirit chooses you because you're the like, special one you're the only one they choose a lot of bad people. <laughs> they choose a lot of bad people as a means to an end to get to the real person they're supposed to be with, I guess. Is that, is that even their goal? I think I they know. just choose randomly. Because I don't think it's random. I'll explain what I think. The the wind one, the green the green dragoon spirit, goes from the Emperor's like lead general to Lavitz. And then it goes from Lavitz when he passes to Prince Albert. Now at the time of, in each case, when the wielder of the uh, Dragoon Spirit dies, it literally just jumped to the closest person who didn't have one. Yeah. That's literally all it is. You're not, you're chosen out of convenience. That's what yeah. it is. It's not like ordained. You're just like, oh, you're the closest person to me. <laughs> you're chosen. You're special. Then you die and they just hop to the next one and fill that person instead of being chosen and special. Mm-hmm. But the whole game's the whole, that's the whole game. The entire game does. Every dragoon spirit does that though, yeah. except for Rose because she already she's had hers for Rose and darts. Yeah, but darts also gets stolen, and it's yeah. like if it's so mythical, how's it just something it just, just gets stolen right off his neck? And I thought that wasn't stupid and led down a whole other path. But Rose has had hers for. I mean, there's no. Well, that's another big spoiler. We'll, we'll hold yeah, on. she's been around for a while. She's had her dragoon spirit for a long time. But then uh, Hashal, the old guy. When he gets his, because when you kill Diaz, he has the, the lightning one. Yeah, he, and has, just, he has no relation to Diaz. No, 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 and it nothing. just kind of, you're the closest person that doesn't have one. Yeah, Herschel, yeah, literally, he's the only guy standing there who doesn't already have a Dragoon. And so, yeah, like some of their stuff, like, I think it needs a, a rewrite. I, yeah, I think a, game, a, like a, a modern, modern rewrite. Yeah. With like someone else like, ooh, let's make this make more sense. Let's kind of like. Yeah. 
rumors. Of course, we can't, can't avoid the, the a lot of the rumors are that that's Blue Point's next game. Before Blue Point had announced uh, Demon Souls, that uh, their I like their director or their president of their company. He's really he's kind of funny. He does he's tweeting uh, very mysterious tweets, just like littered with hints. And both of his major tweets before they announced Demon Souls was in a bunch of tweets that said a lot of Demon Soulsy stuff, but they also said a lot of Dragoon stuff was hiding in his tweets, like the way he would word them. The way you had to go back and find what he would word them, you're like, there's a lot of. He's like, one of my favorite games growing up was darts. Yeah, anyway, you know. Well, not, not even that. Well, he's actively talked about Dragoon being one of his favorite RPGs. Which, yeah. yeah, whatever. And his tweets are talking about. I mean, you'd have to go see it. I mean, I'm talking in circles, but like. But a lot, But now Demon's Souls is out and it's done its thing. Doing and well. Do it, yeah, Demon's Souls did well, of course. And Blue Point does amazing remakes. That uh, And he, dude act, actively talked about Dragoon. Uh, 2021, the company who made Dragoon got absorbed by Sony. Sony buys Blue Point. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? You know, it's not like, you know, I think the pieces are falling together. Blue Point hasn't announced a new project in a while. It could be it could be Dragoon. You know, fingers crossed people want a Dragoon remake so, so they can replay the first quarter of the game again and talk about the first quarter of the game forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I got- We've done a lot of moaning about the game, primarily for the off-balancedness, but the game and the story are still fairly decent, and I do enjoy most of the characters. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about later parts of the game, it'll be the first time anybody's ever heard heard about later parts of the game, if you, if you remember the later parts. One of the one of the cooler things that happened, oh, one of the, it's, it's good for character development. Yeah. Uh, again, um, please play the game before you listen to this because yeah. we're kind of sorry we're sorry we're jumping around too. This is a very large like we can't like Blake has a sixty a sixty hour game. He just has sixty hours of thoughts banging through his head, yeah. and I got I, mean, I played this game over a year ago, so I got thoughts banging around. So the podcast is going to be not that our podcast is always cohesive, but this podcast is going to be bouncing around to different memories and thoughts we're having. So we apologize about that, but that's just how it's that's just how it's going to be. But because you have. This is a, a, actually we talked about Prince Albert not being as cool as Lavitz, but this is a cool Prince Albert moment. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's fulfilling for him. As we've gone on, we've talked about Diaz murdered his father to steal the the emperor title and take the empire after having already divided the country in a civil war. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up assassinating the king and taking over full control, leaving Prince Albert and his small little kingdom to fend for itself and slowly being taken over. Now, after all of this, we get to a, a good moment where you're, you've you've beaten Diaz, and upon beating Diaz, he kind of he kind of realized that he's been played for a fool and kind of mind controlled a little bit. Uh, but he's still responsible. Like he still had to do the actions. Like he could have said no, but he kind of went with them anyway because it was going to lead to him becoming emperor. So he was played for a fool, but it was still his decisions type situation. Now, he he was, uh, it leads all the way up to like Albert is standing over Diaz and Albert gets to say this awesome line. He's like, we have nothing to give you except a miserable end. And then thrusts his spear straight through his chest. Hmm. Like that's pretty gnarly. Yeah. And that's, that's gotta feel great for this dude killed his dad, killed his best friend. You know, 
as had been attacking well, his he kid. Didn't, he didn't kill his best friend. He, he well, he, he still gave the order. He gave the order. Yeah, the other guy, the character we haven't mentioned. No, 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 he did, because Lavitz tried to attack Diaz with it for, at their first meeting. No, the other dude. Because uh, you had to kill that guy to get the green spirit for Lavitz. I thought that it was the Dragon Buster dude. The Dragon Buster kills Lavitz. Oh, yes, right. Yeah, you're right. It was What's his Lloyd. name, Lloyd. Lloyd. Lloyd with the Dragon Buster kills Lavitz. That is true. But at the time, you think that Diaz gave the order for no, because Lloyd did that entirely on his own. Because Lloyd, but you think Lloyd works for Diaz, so it's kind of yeah, Lloyd's just on ongoing bad guy you deal with the entire the entire game until the very end basically mm-hmm. but he got to you know he he has a pretty good like c- some closure for Albert he gets to say a pretty badass line now and the same thing they do get to do quite a bit of like bits of comedy because you feel these characters are on a journey together and they have lots of moments where they're genuinely intertalking and intermingling and building friendships amongst one another. You see that quite a bit while they're traveling. Sometimes that's your only thing you're doing. Like you're on a boat. In order to make the game progress, you have to go in or have, these, to have these cute little scenes with everybody. and you know, So it's pretty cool and it builds up their friendships. But one of my favorites was uh, Prince Albert being the Mac Daddy that he is, is uh, hitting on a princess uh, in another kingdom. He's supposed to be incognito, but they've discovered him, and he's like, I'm actually a prince, and you're a princess, so what's up? And he's being all flowery, and she's eating it up, and they're speaking poetry to one another. And the, the your, your point in this mission is to go get Albert so that y'all can, like, the following morning, go on your journey, continue your journey. And you see the cutscene, it's uh, Prince Albert flirting with Princess Amelia. And Amelia, like, near the end of the conversation, Amelia's like, oh, when will, we, when will we ever see each other again, Albert? And Albert's like, oh, when the sun has set and night and, um, and stars have kissed every inch of the, of, of the sky. And Dart walks in kind of like as he's saying this and he goes, Albert, why don't you just say when it's nighttime? <laughs> and Albert's like, it's, that's not how you talk to, to women, Dart. You have to flower the words. And he's like, whatever. We got to go. <laughs> they took out of here, woman. We got we to gotta go track down uh, Lloyd. <laughs> but they would just, and this is a prince, and Dart is just some soldier. And going, dude, prince, shut up. Let's go. You can mack on that princess later. And I just thought that was pretty, that was probably one of my favorite, like, interactions. Yeah. Do you, do you remember any really nope. decent dialogue? No, didn't think so because you suck. It's been a, it's been a long time since I played. That's fair. I played over a bunch of months too. You played one rap more rapidly than I did. That I did. I was able to play it pretty back to back. And and there's a I don't want to spoil everything in the game, so I'm gonna avoid talking about all that. But there's a we spoke about him briefly just now. There's a character named Lloyd who has several pretty awesome moments. Mm-hmm. There's a whole arena arc that's awesome. A lot of JRPGs have those arena storylines, which are usually pretty cool. You usually get a character or you know, some mythical item or something like that, and this one you kind of get everything. You get a character, you discover a bad guy, bad guy's got a mythical item, <laughs> so it's pretty good. But Lloyd has some pretty... You never really know what he's in it for himself. Yeah, he's very, very enigmatic. Yeah, enigmatic. 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 How do you say that word? Enigma. You're a Edward writer. Enigma. Enigma. 
Enigmatic. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Enigmatic. He is though. Whatever that word, however you pronounce that word, is what he is. He's mysterious. He's mysterious. <laughs> my bad for trying to use a bigger word. <laughs> but, my, that my lips cannot produce. Um. So I want to talk about because he, uh, he's pretty awesome, and. It reminds me of that. Is that like not the same character that's like in Dark Cloud One? The silver-haired bad guy that's in Dark Cloud One. It might be. Might have the same name. Like, is it the same dude? I don't. Jumping across games, doing bad stuff. Maybe, <laughs> but he has a pretty cool moment where he's. You've just taken on an incredibly difficult boss, and he pulled one over on you and made you kill this boss that actually wasn't evil, but he made you kill it so he could get to the treasure it was guarding type situation, because he's that badass. And smart and ahead of you. Anyway, he's, after, he's ahead of you. It's like the entire the, game. The entire game. He's ahead of you. The entire. Yeah, game. I think I had complained at some point when I was playing to you that like the plot, the the plot of the game becomes we're chasing Lloyd for like a long time. That's like the entire okay. plot of the game is we're just chasing Lloyd. He can't ever, can't ever catch him. But you meet other characters and other things happen. But the entire overarching plot is this. We got to find Lloyd before he does anything bad. But you're always you're always late to him and doing all the bad stuff he does. But there's a point after, because he is a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. He's out for himself, but like he he'll he'll defend. Well, no, he's a bad guy because he defends a few people and saves their lives, only to have them become ingratiated to him so he can take advantage of their kindness later or ask for a favor. So he's mm-hmm. that type of he's that type of villain. Mm-hmm. Real charismatic, charming, doesn't seem to be a villain villain. But it, after we kill this boss, he, he steals this treasure, becomes even more powerful than he already is. And you're going to, against this person called... Uh, you've encountered him. There's uh, younger Bardell and elder Bardell. They're, they're, they're brothers. I guess that's just their last names. Anyway, uh, the younger one uh, has followed Lloyd... And he's going to attack this random civilian uh, in the woods or whatever. It just happens to be near Lloyd. And Lloyd just got this brand new power and wants to have a... Basically a vulgar display of power on somebody. This dude tries to attack him. And like he's like, you're a stupid human. I'm a wingling. You must bow before me. This is Bardell talking to Lloyd. He, you know, conjures his chakra, his key or whatever, his magic. And uh, launches this huge magical blast at Lloyd, hits Lloyd, leaves a crater, and when everything when it settles, Lloyd literally just dusts his shoulders off and is like, "Is that the best you can do?" And the guy was like, "No!" and charges at him and then gets killed in one hit. Mm-hmm. And then just he's just left as nothing. And then of course, that part of the story is the older Bardell comes along right at the same time you walk upon the corpse and then you have to have a huge battle with this guy. Because mm-hmm. Lloyd, you know, I don't think he planned that, but everything he plans, everything he does just seems to fall in accordance to his plans like it was preordained or pre-written by some higher being. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that works. And, whew, like I said... Yeah. You have a character, of course. Uh, we're talking about s- sort of bad guys, but not really not really bad guys. One of your characters, Kongle, is a party member who you end up fighting. You fight twice as bo- as a boss before he decides that you're you're on the right side of things, and he ends up joining your party. So that happens in RPGs. Many RPGs have been doing that for years, where you fight somebody a bunch of times, and they end up joining you. Did you have um, a favorite character besides Lavitz? No. 
No, the lavas was your favorite. Lavas, yeah. I feel like you're supposed to like Herschel, maybe, but I didn't. I didn't find Herschel too too, too endearing. You get his, uh, you get some of his past with his daughter, but he's really just a hard ass on his daughter, mm-hmm. teaching her to teaching her to fight in the way of the the because his his fighting style is a uh, handed down to the family kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's supposed to be more endearing than he turns out to be, and he's kind of like a. Does he do the lecherous old man stuff at all? At some time, I don't forget. A little bit, a, a little bit. But I just, I just didn't. His character didn't really do anything for me. Uh, Meryl, uh, I think she's supposed to be goofy. Meru, Meru. Meru, Meru, sorry. She's supposed to be maybe goofy and funny and stuff. I didn't, just didn't care nothing really about her. She's one of the more unique looking characters because she's actually. Um, Blake mentioned a Wingley earlier. You don't know. Sorry, it's a spoiler. You don't know at first that she's actually a Wingly had come down from the little Wingly Sky City. She because you can they can pull their wings in and hide their wings and look fairly normal. Uh, we had darts uses swords, Rose uses rapiers, mm-hmm. uh, Meru uses hammers, Kongle axes, Lavitz and Prince Albert are lances and spears, Herschel, Herschel or. Ha- I think it's Hashal, H-A-S-C-H-E-L, Hashal. He uses his fists. And then you have bow and arrow girls, Sheena, Shayna, and Miranda. Yeah. You can guess that Miranda later replaces Shayna, who doesn't die. She just is like, I'm worthless. I'm going to stay here. Yeah, she literally like just says, hey, Dragoon Spirit, go to this girl. She's better. And he goes, okay. And there's a whole scene where it just uh, it transfers over to her. And now, this is another thing that kind of annoys me. Uh, Shayna and Miranda are your white dragon, dragoon spirits. They have a lot of the healing magic, the stuff that's really beneficial to you, healing and protections and stuff when they're magics. But they're also the only character. They don't have additions. Yeah. They're just a bow and arrow. Terrible bow and arrow character. They're nearly worthless characters. In a game where you need power to survive and get through boss battles and then... They talk about her how like, if you can train them, they have some of the most powerful magic in the game, but it's not worth it. Yeah. Because at most you get you can only get ten SP an attack, and it's not like she can do one arrow, two arrow, three arrow. No, it's one arrow. Yeah. That's it. Incredibly underpowered characters. And I just I don't know. Like she they tried to make Shauna really important to the story for a long time. Like she, she has, a, like she has a power. Important. Like she has a power outside of her dragoon. Well, yeah, I know she's the quote unquote moon child. Spoiler: she's the moon child, or whatever the hell that ends up meaning. But she I, has I, power. I, I, she has power outside of her white dragoon spirit. And why she even? She's already important. Why does she get a dragoon spirit? Because she's around, I guess. Um, they have a, and she's also the love interest. They have a cute. Sort of? sort of cute relationship. I'm Dart, not entirely sure. Dart seems like mostly disinterested. Well, yes and no, because he went away for like seven years, and she still had a crush on him. And he came back, and he's like, "Hey, baby, you still got a crush on me?" No, yeah, I don't. No, he's like, "Hey, I love you like a sister." And she's like, "Uh oh, oh, well, <laughs> I gotta change that. Let me pull these girls out." And then you know, but they're the ultimate end couple. I guess you can there, there's not a um, I, I think as compared to other love stories in RPGs they're not one to write home about it almost feels like it was added in after the fact almost yeah well it, it sounds like this is a guy this is a girl find some way to smash them together yeah I guess it, the game it has, it's got it's faults it's got a lot of good going for it but it just needs um, a, a steadier hand to come in like I said that already do you have 
these are other late game stuff you want to run I'm around in. Think. We complain about that. I mean, we should, I mean well, there's not a lot going on. You're literally the only, all you're doing is you're chasing, chasing after Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah. Now there's a I, I, again there's some stuff that happens. I don't want to spoil that for you because you meet the big bad who's technically in charge. He's not even in charge of Lloyd. This dude's a big bad, but he's like he's mad at Lloyd for doing something. Yeah, for doing his own thing. I for guess. kind of succeeding where he has been failing. This guy's kind of been, he's the, you know, he all RPGs. He's the puppeteer. He's the guy who's been operating behind the scenes, and he's the one who fed the false yeah, information. Don't, don't, even hear, don't even hear about him until disc four, probably. About disc three. Yeah. Uh, what about the, um, I think it's worth mentioning, I didn't like it, but worth mentioning the, the those those big cities near the end, but the, the city of law. Oh yeah, there are three: city of law, city, city of, of death, death, and city of love. Was it love? No, I don't think it was. Was it the three? But it was one of death. But it was the city of death is just like any any other. It was just scary, a, dark city. But yeah. the law city, which is one place I did not really like, because it was so like the law. It was so uh, tedious to deal with. You, what do you remember? Cause I, I told you about that city before you got there. I think being pre warned of the because you literally. Because like bureaucracy, a lot of bureaucracy, bureaucracy. bureaucracy. I can't talk. So it's a it's a city ran by robots, and robots have been embedded with the law of a a higher keeper. And you're a human that comes in, and you don't have certain rights, and so you literally have to go through the entire legis, like the entire law making process, legislative making, yeah, legislative, because judicial is that. Is it judicial? I don't know. I, I don't, I I don't, I don't keep track of government stuff. Anyway, the lawmaking process. And so I'm, you literally... I think I brought this town up that I, could, I do not know the terms to describe this city. So you literally have to wait in a queue line for your turn, come in, talk to this robot judge, and he's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to change an old law or uh, do you want to activate a new law? And if you want to... And you literally have to do a couple of things. You have to be like, okay, I want to change an old law. Okay, well, here's how you do it. You have to take this form to this place and get it stamped and then take it to this guy and then come back to me with the receipt after you come to the third guy and we'll prove it. And basically it's giving humans rights. And the game makes you run back and forth across the city doing this. In areas that end up having battles. Yes. You can dodge them, but yeah. you're, you, you, you have to be like kind of perfect. No, 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 no. Those regular battles, there's parts of, the, parts, of the, parts of that city that have fights. And there's parts of the city that have these guard robots if the guard robots, like you say, you can run past them. They're like patrolling. Mm-hmm. If they grab you or touch you, which why are there guards? They don't here? fight you. They warp you back. They to warp the... you back to like this other place. You have to go back, climb back up. Probably getting into fights on your way up. And it's like, geez, if I'm not supposed to be, if, I, if I'm not, if I'm supposed to be coming here to approve my law, why are there guards stopping me from coming through here? Because you're human. You don't have any rights. And even when you do get, I, I guess. Well, if you go, the I followed a guide, of course. Always, I think it was a Neo Seeker guide, or no, it was a Game Facts guide. Now, if you go through the Game Facts guide, it was like you only have to do this twice. Oh, you can. So you, you can go through and turn the guards off. You can turn the guards off, and you can turn random encounters off. Yeah, by passing those walls. You can, but you'd have to go through the freaking thing. Like the, the the amount of stuff that you can change was like a list of twelve things. And he's like, you can do all these. Here's how. If you just want to get through the story, do these two things and just fight yeah. the fights. Do the do the one you're there for. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I was. I just went through. It's a cool team. idea. That's just in in when you're. Uh, it's, I'm sure it sounded cool on paper, 
But then know, actually executing it. The execution of so it is just like, man, this sucks. Maybe it's supposed to suck on purpose. It's like, hey, this is this is what law and government is. This sucks. And this is what this whole city's about. Yeah, but I think it was worth mentioning because it's one of the stranger late late game things. Yes, and is it in the city of death where you fight the old dragoon dragons? Yes, you can fight. Yeah, you, you can. You, you, op- optional bosses. You can refight powerful because you fight a lot of the dragons, the green, all the different colored dragons. You fight every dragon, I think. Yeah, do you fight the don't you fight the dark dragon? Do you? You don't fight. No, no, you do. At the end, you have to at the yeah. end of the, end of the game. There's have, this cool part that City of Death is you can you can, actually optional you can refight, which I did for experience and stuff like that. You, you can refight powered up versions. Not only can you fight it, is you can fight it and run back like to fully heal up, save, and then refight it. You can, but it, the, the the trek gets longer each time. But you do, it's better. Yeah, I fought all the fights just because I, I was invincible. I figured why I wanted to do everything while I had infinite health. I guess. Now, also in the city of death, after you, it's like it's literally near the end of the game. You have to go all the way to like the final dungeon. But the city of death also has one of the few, and I mean very few, like less than ten uh, side quests. Less than like three. I mean, I mean there's a few, but they there they there's like literally like three side quests. There's one with the wolf. Well, there's one. There, there's literally a, from what I could tell, and what the what my research says, there's a single side quest for each character that is character driven. I don't think there was. A lot of their stories were done like you had to go to a particular place, and this is this person's story, and then you never talk about them ever again when you're done with their part. Kinda, but it, it, so even then, that's still less. It's still less than nine, yeah. and some of these characters, um, you know, die. <laughs> so. Or become youth, but you go through and like a, in the city of the death where Faust is the magician. Yeah, what you did? You, did you not not get to do because of the because of the stardust? Yeah, I ended up missing a, a stupid collectible early on because I I don't know I misread the guide and I was like I'm not going through this to figure out which one I'm missing. I missed one of fifty in the whole game, and you need all of them to forge a thing to fight the guy. And I just like. Yeah, I did it all. And I, you know, I did everything. There's there's Faust, which is a hidden boss. Even my memory is I fought Faust. I beat him, of course, because I can't die, but I don't remember what, what was special about it. There's some plot attached to who he is. And what he's, he's the about. guy who uh, he created a, a thing that was going to wipe out mankind. Hmm. And instead, he triggered it, and it killed everybody in the area, which is where the city of... Before it could hit full potency, and that's why the city of death. He caused the city of death. Okay. That's kind of cool. And the, well, the cool thing about the city of death is it's weird how the wingly magic works. Is the city of death is where you go when you die? It's heaven. Because it has all those, like a weird death purgatory. Yeah, it has all those like tubes, and it's just like it's like a, it's like a scientific hell. Yeah. Because everything dies, and you every time the whole time you're playing, the reason you fight the old. It's like kind of a, a boss rush. It's, you fight the old, old bosses. It's because it's where they came after they died. And they're still pissed at you for killing them. So they're still angry. So their spirit still stays around. But every, you see these balls of light shooting through these tubes. And then like as you progress through, you're like, what are these lights? And they're like, oh, those are souls of everything that's died on Earth. Humans, animals, that's where all the souls come from. And you're like, what? Mm-hmm. you just telling me that this is hell slash heaven? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's using the souls to power something else, which kind of yeah. leads towards the Faust end of the world and Faust and he, you know, he, yeah. So it is cool. It's weird that it's crazy that he's a side thing. Yeah, you can completely miss that. 
Yeah. And you, the city, I, I, you had to go, you had to go through the city, but you could missed Faust completely. Yeah. Um, did you fight the other boss? Which one? The other hidden boss where you got to do like this. Um, I did. Where you get uh, his ultimate weapon. You get, ultimate get Dark Sword. Weapon. I forget what was. Do you remember what was attached to that one? I know it was kind of a whole a whole endeavor to go do it, and you get a sword that hurts you every freaking turn, which I didn't use because I didn't have max HP. Yeah, HP, infinite like HP. So, like, in bad call, Dart's ultimate sword does 10% damage to his health every turn. What in the world were they thinking? I, I don't understand ultimate weapons hurting you. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I had infinite health, so I used the sword, but, like, it was just I, so I dumb. Then the work you have to go through to beat one of the most... I think Faust is technically the most powerful boss in the mm-hmm. game. But this is another powerful, out-of-your-way boss. Also, I think he, he's not. he's in the other city. It's not city. He's not in one of the cities. He's off in this other these other ruins you went through. These other ruins you traveled through oh, earlier in the game. You can yeah yeah you walk right past them like you just don't. You can you literally get, yeah because your your story is like go left to the to, to where you need to go and you're like what's right right is literally like you cop two screens and then, and then it's like a well, broken down just, coliseum in a fight. Yeah, there's like these other statues and these statues tell you they have to tell you they tell you more story. I think I think it's the statues or these other things that explain. There's like a puzzle there and the puzzle leads down to him and he talks. I guess. Well, and the, that's oh, that's the it's old a, dragoons' homes. Maybe From ten thousand years ago, that was the old dragoon homes. That's where yeah. they lived and were, quote unquote. The guy's working. got some relevance to him, or the sword does, because he's using the sword against you. I think. I think first. it's like uh, the ghost or something of the. No, it wasn't the original red user. It was the original. I can't remember because I I did it, but I was like, I don't really get it. But okay. <laughs> a lot of it was. So those are the two. Those are the two hidden hidden yeah. bosses. Technically, a lot of it is. I wouldn't count the. I wouldn't count refighting the dragons as hidden bosses because it's literally right in your path. But you can just sidestep you just, you just around walk around. It. You can walk right through it. Yeah. You have to activate it to summon the dragons. I tell you right now. Um, I, I talk about the dragoon transformations real briefly. Uh, they all look cool. Yeah, they all look cool. fantastic and really cool Power Ranger style transformations in combat and give you access to really powerful magics and stuff. And I use all, all the flashy stuff is yeah. I used them occasionally, but I could not for the life of me, because even when you have the accessory that auto that auto does your additions, you have your D attack, your dragoon attack, which is just kind of like ding 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 ding. It's a spinner, and every time you you hit it, it adds another tick, and they do a crazy fancy combo. The most I ever got was two. Really? Maybe I got, I, got, I got a four or five a couple of times. Just luck. I couldn't figure out when the actual, when it when it when it wanted you to actually hit, hit it. Exactly. Why didn't, the, why didn't the accessory apply to that too? I don't know. So a lot of the, I I literally only transformed to dragoons one time to see everybody's transformation. I did it a bunch throughout early because I thought you had to do it to level them up. Well, you told me that you didn't, so I never did. I did it when I when I got them to see what the transformation looked like. Oh, that's really cool. You were transformed to see all their magics, right? At least you didn't see all their magic. All the magic spells look. All the magic spells look really cool. No, it was going to take too long. I'd rather just be done with the fight. Well, yeah, but you don't want to. You want to like see them though, like. Apparently you didn't. I can't. You no. didn't do it. Yeah, I, I, see I, all I, I The only one I ever transformed. All their flashy attack because all everybody's final magic is summoning their dragons. Yeah, I, I saw darts several times because I'm like transform into a dragon, use this powerful ass magic to kill the boss in one hit or have it done with. Yeah, nothing, nothing kill the boss in one hit. Believe me. But yeah, I didn't. I started to. I was like, oh, maybe I should see everyone's magic, and then I tried to, and I was just like, I don't 
don't care at this point. Those darts are magic, or at least darts are probably the. I think they're probably the, best, the big best looking magic. Big explosion, flame. This stuff looks cool. It, it all does look cool. The ones that I saw, anyway. And then they just got to a point. Well, see, I also went through out of my way. Is uh, I did more than you. Is I maxed everybody's additions out. I would have done that. I did that naturally. Oh, well. Yeah, you don't have to, like... No, no, I did everybody's. You stopped caring after a while and didn't do everybody's. I did everybody's. Maybe I got tired of swapping characters. I don't remember. Because you didn't do Meru and, I think, Congo near the end. But I made, I did everybody's. For leveling up? Trying, trying to level up, I guess? Yeah, to make sure that I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to try to use you, see if there's any use. But It's clear that it's almost... Very clear that the game wants you to use Dart, Rose, and Albert. Well, the fact you can't take Dart off. You can't take Dart off, but like those three together are like, like people might argue, but they're clearly more powerful than everybody else. Like Albert's obviously more powerful than the other all the other characters. Rose is slightly debatable, but she is quite. I think throughout the majority of the game, she's quite a bit more powerful than all that was like. You have nine characters, and you nearly need to use these three if you want to win. Like the guys would be like, switch this character in because like I had infinite health, I didn't care. But they had they have opposing elemental weaknesses and strengths, so you'd be like, you don't want to bring this character into this fight because they'll, they'll get murdered. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll swap them out just to use this other character or whoever's additions. I always happen to be trying to level up at whatever given time, so I did I did swap people around. But at the end of the day, you default back to those those three, and you're just set. And I'll tell you right now, I, I probably have one last thing to kind of say about ugh, combat, and then I'm kind of done with the, the game, I think. I don't really have <laughs> more to talk about. But in most games, you think combat would be related to your characters, the uh, speed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But even for the life of me, I don't I don't think so. Because the, 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 almost the entire game, I had a max level dart. Level 60 dart. He didn't, he didn't always go first? No, Rose. Like he he would he he would never go last. I think Albert and Lavitz always they went last for which is really strange for wind characters. You, yeah, you'd think the wind character would They're be extremely fast. slow. You'd have sometimes where like every every now and then like Rose or somebody fast like Rose would go two times before Albert would go, and I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, I don't understand it. But then there's a speed stat, but apparently it's irrelevant. Like because Rose to, would always go before Dart. Dart never went first. I'm like, but you. No way she has more You're speed. You're sixty than levels higher than him. Yeah, her. No, no way you have more speed. But yeah, it was like like the stat didn't matter. It was like it was like pre predetermined by which character was in combat. Yeah, you know, it was very strange. I, I realized that too. You're like this is hard to get a handle on who's going unless you know everybody's. Well, you know those three. If you have that party, it's always Rose, Dart, Albert, Rose, Dart, Albert, Rose, mm-hmm. like always. And I, I, I again, I tried swapping it, it up. And it does talk about. Um, we kind of glazed over the magic items. People don't have inherent magic ability, but there's a bunch of magic items. A couple that are really, they can be really powerful, but your characters have a magic stat. And apparently they do more damage based off the stat and their element. Yeah. Is it more, does element do more? Or is it just based off their magic stat? Cause the guy, I mean, the guy, the guy, magic stat. the guide was always told you to either use Rose or use Shana. Shana. I thought I'm not using Shana. I'll keep Rose in my party. Yeah. They had the two highest magic stats. So they're the ones you gave all the, well, the magic items are just in your box or your inventory. We'll talk about, talk about inventory. Oh God. Um, but such a so they would tell you that they occasionally, and they did like, it was cool that they could have magic items and, uh, and they, like you could do a lot of damage with magic items. There's just multiple issues between magic items being, uh, too expensive to maintain all the time to pop to buy. You did find a whole bunch too expensive to maintain, to buy them. And 
you have one of the most limited inventory spaces in RPG history. I feel like it is wildly limited. And it's so reverse. It's um, so backwards. You can hold 15 items naturally, which if you're not, if you're like playing normally like Blake, you've got to have some healing items in there, a couple of magic items, a couple of revives, and maybe every, every now and then a poison cure or something like that. And you're like tapped out. Anytime you pick something into open a treasure chest, you got to like throw something away or use it every time you open a chest. You can hold 15 items. You can hold 255 pieces of equipment. Yep. You will never, ever need that. I think they swapped those numbers in development or something. It is crazy. You guys, you equipment, majority of the game, new swords, new armor are clearly better than what you're wearing. You immediately sell the old stuff. You will never need 255 slots. The only reason you would need that would be for some of the accessories. There's not but 255 then, accessories. No, exactly. I mean, it's at like, most, you only 200? have three people on a party, so you only need three of certain type of accessories. I mean, knock that down to 100 and make your items 100. You know, knock yeah. it. If you need data for saving items, like 100, 100, to make it even. Don't, I was just like, oh, man, that bugs you the entire game. You're opening chests, and you're just like, you can't hold this. You can't hold this. You can't hold this. And sometimes it's a sword you need to upgrade with. Well, no, well the sword, you go to your yeah, equipment. Your swords are fine. I'm but, stupid. like, everything else, they're just like, dang, this is crazy. Like, a, like what, what were they thinking? There's shutter chests everywhere. And there were some items that you kept in your inventory that were uh, unlimited use. Yeah, there's later later game spells, yeah. Yeah, like the site was a Psycho Bomb X, Psychedelic yeah. Bomb X. And then there are some boosts that boosted your attack and defense. Yeah, for the fight. Yeah. For, for the fight. You could use it again, but they didn't go away. And uh, so you're keeping all that stuff in your inventory. And, like Literally, I only ever, I would have maybe five to work with sometimes. Or less. Yeah. Because you always had to carry some sort of spells with you. And spells do do more a pull a fully powered up because you can you can tap a button and you make your you spell stronger. Them. You can boost your spell attack, uh, which is great. A lot of times, depending if you're hitting the right element, your spells would be hitting hitting harder than your additions. But you're only holding three or four spells in your inventory, and that's done. And maybe three or four spells doesn't kill a boss because they've got excessive amounts of HP. But anyway. <laughs> so that was, the, that was talking about spells. Yeah. The other characters can use magic, but it's near, it's almost completely worthless. Yeah. It, it actively tells you to never let Albert use magic. The guide does that. We probably oh, use yeah. the same guys. Like, don't ever let Albert cast a spell. There's it's, no point between him and Congo. Yeah, it's completely pointless. Uh, I don't really have a whole whole. No more moments or anything you want you want to talk add. about. Like the games, so much potential, and it it it, it would. Of all the games, fantastic that Final Fantasy VII is getting a remake. Got a remake. Got a remake, and it's phenomenal. But certain things that kind of just slightly miss the mark, this would be something that is apt, just ripe with the opportunity to just do it again. Yeah. Do it again. I worry, uh, we we talk about this off podcast, is uh, what... The t- what Blue Point what Blue Point has done in the past is Shadow of the Colossus and Demon Souls. But what Blue Point does, which makes me nervous if they do this game, Blue Point does one for one remakes. They do ground up remakes, but they're one for one to the point where like people said Shadow of the Colossus had the same same wonky controls. And it's like, well they just made the game gorgeous is all they did. They gave you the exact same game. Like Demon Souls is the exact same game. It's just absolutely stunningly gorgeous, apparently. I'm afraid they would give us a stunningly gorgeous Dragoon 
with the same experience, the same imbalance, the same story. Like I just feel like it does need a new fresh writing, you know, and stuff like that. They haven't done a game that's got this much story in it, you know. Exactly. So curious, but nervous that we wouldn't get the things that we would like to have, and not specifically, you know, that might just be me and Blake. Maybe some folks like the. People that think it's easy like the difficulty curve of it all. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so you got no, no more thoughts on the game or the later parts? Or... I don't... Re- I guess it's it's like, a lot of game. To it's a lot of to... game. And I, I also... I, I know we I spoiled more than I in, originally wanted to for people to give people a reason to play the game. Because it is... If you like RPGs, you should probably play it. Yeah. I could, I told Blake after I beat it and he, he was playing it, I was like, I don't think... Like there's games I go back to like I like uh, every every couple of years I'll play through Final Fantasy VII again, you know I I don't I don't see myself bothering doing Dragoon ever again. I will play the remake if they if they make a remake. There's just nothing about Dragoon that makes me want to go experience it again. I won't. Well, I don't think I'll ever play it again unless unless they put out a, a remake. But besides that, I don't think I ever will. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, all that's kind of it. Right. It seemed more complaining than what I mean. I'm not. I try to make this podcast not complaining, but like, I don't know, I'm just being honest. Like, I, I, you see so many things, and there's again, I keep repeating that there's so much raving about this game on the internet. And I just don't think people play the game all the way through. Like, this is not Dragoon's. You're like, oh, check out this gym at Dragoon. Check out this masterpiece. It's Dragoon. To me, Dragoon's far, far and away from a masterpiece of any sort. It's something I can't come to. Like this podcast isn't making me want to play it again. Oh no! Right now we talk about this pod, talk this game for about about an hour, about an hour or so, hour and a half. I'm, I'm, you sometimes you talk about games, I'll be like, I kind of, I'm gonna go turn that on again, you know? Yeah. Like, I, like we, we we did a Pokemon episode, and I was like, do I want to turn Pokemon Training Card Game back on and try again? And maybe, you know, maybe. But like this right here, I'm just like we talk about this for a while, talk about all the good parts, and this the combat pushes pushes me away and stuff like that. I was like, I just don't, I don't have, I don't want to go play this again right now. You know? Mm-mm. Yeah, I thought. Oh, no. I just probably play through disc one again if I ever do and call. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's all. That's all my thoughts on this game. Um, uh, Clyde, if you're listening, we're sorry we didn't didn't worship the game. I know you did, you did a talked about this game a long time ago. Uh, had you had pretty high praise for a lot of folks who have high praise for the game. I wonder if you've I, mean, I do have high praise for what it did, but all is there's a lot of stuff about it that just ticked a lot of wrong boxes. Yeah. So sorry, buddy, if you're still hanging out listening to the podcast. If we you you see you see a, a dragoon episode of our podcast come across your your feed, you're like, oh boy, this is going to be some good stuff. We kind of talk down about it, but I'm just trying to be honest with how I feel about the game, and that's where I'm at. I think when I turn this podcast off, I'm gonna go play some more Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Uh, anyway, that's all I got. Uh, Blake, what Blake has is he's picked a he did a movie. Like, I did a band, but before that, a band last episode. Before that, he did a movie. Movie was that? Forty days and forty nights. Forty days and forty nights. Now he's gonna do a try to do a TV show. He did pick a TV show that's very much canceled. Uh, maybe a decade ago, probably. But uh, what he'll try to tell we we'll try to tell you. And I agree. Like, even canceled stuff is worth watching because you still get to experience certain things to a certain extent you can still get a good amount of quality content and characters and writing and story you've never seen somewhere else 
within something that's canceled. I mean, the biggest example was always Firefly. Fire people say, oh, Firefly is definitely worth watching because it's an experience you don't get anywhere else. This, what he's going to tell you, isn't on the level of Firefly, but still is something we were very disappointed to hear when it when it got canceled uh, a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. The show I'm going to be talking about today is called Surface. Now, it originally aired September 19th, 2005 to February 6th, uh, 2006 and it got a total of 15 episodes and that's it uh, unfortunately now the creators are brothers uh, Jonas and Josh Pate and from my understanding it looks like Jonas the older brother is the director and while the younger brother Josh is the writer and that's been their their jobs on everything they've worked on They've worked on um, two movie, two other TV shows that were canceled. One called Good vs. Evil, and the other one was called L.A. Dragnet. And they've also done some movies. Uh, one's called The Grave, and the other one's just called Deceiver. And uh, now, most recently, they actually have a... I think it's a supernatural teen drama on Netflix called The Outer Banks. And it's just recently been approved for a season three. And so they're still currently working on that as of 2020 to now. They're still working on it as uh, he's directing most of the episode. They created it and wrote the pilot together and they still come in and direct and write the occasional episode. And that's a Netflix exclusive called Outer Banks. And I don't know too much about it because I only just discovered it um, when I took these notes, which were yesterday morning. Um, so it's something that I will probably look into in my own free time. Yeah, it's good to see them actually you uh, recommending something for a, a pair of folks that are actually still working. Yeah. Or now that you get something canceled, you're like, oh, they're not doing anything anymore. Yeah, well, unfortunately, yeah. But... <laughs> I haven't done anything since this. Yeah, I had no idea. I don't even know if I've even heard of Outer Banks. And we're to get approved for another season while we're in the, the zeitgeist of Netflix canceling, canceling everything. And it, it was approved, of a, I think it was approved for a season three, a, like sometime middle of April, April 21st or something. Is when yeah, it this is in the midst of them canceling. It must, have been, it must not be very expensive. They canceled a lot of their more expensive shows. Oh, yeah. So they're floundering a little bit. Now, I'm going to kind of real quickly kind of go through these. I'm only tackling like the big three characters that the the story focuses on. We'll go with uh, Lake Bell, who I adore. She's really, she's a really good actress. She's real funny. Uh, This is a a slightly more serious role for her. Yeah. Me and we watched, um, me and Jessica watched Bless This Mess. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't. I forgot Lake Bell was in this, but she was in the star. Her and um, Dax. Dax Shepard did this Bless This Mess show, which was kind of a it was it was a comedy, but like not 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 very clever or anything. It was just kind of like a sit down, easy watch comedy. Yeah, like kind of like Raymond and How I Met Your Mother and stuff like that. Just something. I just don't. I don't know. It got, it's already got canceled, so it it, it, it But like, it still went it, two it, or three it, seasons, didn't it? it? I think it barely got one. Oh, barely got one season. So I I know Lake Bell. I mean, I knew her, I knew her before that, but I know kind of more recently I saw her do that. She's real fun. I like her. That was her doing a comedy, of course. And so she plays. Uh, Laura Daughtry, who is a, a marine biologist who is a attacked by something while she's in a submersible. She's solo in a submersible. She's attacked by something, and she tries to tell the people. I was like, no, they're like, no, I think you're crazy. 
this, that, and the other. And a push comes to shove, she tries to like tell people, and she become they basically frame her for something and say that she's an alcoholic and a drunk, and she becomes disgraced. And they steal all of her research, and she just gets basically booted out of all the scientific community. It's pretty bad. For saying, yeah, I'm trying to I say have, that something. I have no was memory. Real. I have no memory of the show besides the final episode. Trying to say that something really happened and was she previously a drunk before there no she had nothing but there the what is it uh history is written by the winners and she she had no power it was the government was telling them that this didn't happen and she's like but it did and everyone else was willing to go along and she wasn't willing to go along and say that what was happening was actually what happened good old america Mm -hmm. trustworthy america and now uh the other cohort is a j.r ferguson he plays Richard Connolly, and he, again, but most of this stuff happens in like episode one, episode two. He's out fishing with his brother in the Gulf of Mexico. They're from Louisiana, and they're fishing in the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, while they're fishing, something attacks their boat and kills his brother. Dang. And that's and then he spins. You know, he falls into depression. And the whole town kind of turns against him. He's like, I saw something in the water. It was this thing. And it's like, no, dude, you're crazy. Your brother, y'all were out there drinking, and your brother drowned because, you know, you were out there drinking and fishing, and you shouldn't have been. You know, they're, they're basically blaming him when it wasn't his fault. And through this, once uh, Lake Bell's character gets disgraced, she starts hitting up these, um, like, underground gathering place and like you know the dark web and these chat rooms and talking about hey i've seen this has anyone else seen this and she went on some like um like daytime tv because he's at home drunk and you know in his sorrows and he sees her appear on some you know daytime talk show trying to spout her nonsense and he's like i've seen and she describes an encounter of this creature with this eerie blue light and what it can do and he's like that's awfully similar so he goes to, he drives like two or three states over to try to meet her and that's kind of where how they get together and then our third character which is a, a young man named Carter Jenkins plays a high school student Miles Barnett and what happens to him is they again he lives in a beachfront town and he's trying to impress the girl that he's with because he's the quiet, nerdy guy. And they go to a beach party. He's trying to impress the girl. And he's like, ooh, I'll go out with these guys and surf and, you know, be cool. And he ends up falling off his board and coming face to face with something in the water. It doesn't attack him because I think all the other noise, because they're like shooting off fireworks and stuff, but the noise scares the creature away. But he sees it face to face. And he's not sure what he saw. And he comes back the following morning to investigate it in the you know in daylight, and he doesn't see the creature, but he finds an egg that in he because it's it's a weird shaped egg and it's kind of glowy. I, I personally I don't think I'd touch anything glowing, but that's me. And so he decides that he's gonna hatch the egg and see if it matches the creature that he saw, or if it's just gonna be a gator egg or something. He can give it to the local local farm life. And lo and behold, when it hatches, it is something non-familiar. <laughs> and he names it uh, Nimrod. 
because it's apparently a derpy thing that keeps bonking its head on things. And then through there, a series of events basically turns into like maybe E.T.? Like, the government finds, you know, they're trying to cover up this girl's information. They see, they, they're they hearing accounts of other attacks all over coastal cities, which is where this, uh, the gentleman's uh, brother and people in his, in the boy's hometown are talking about, oh, they've seen mysterious creatures in waterways and in the ocean because the little kid's trying to, like, let the creature, he's trying to release it, but he doesn't want to go back because it's imprinted on him. And it's just... All these, you know, crazy events going on, and it probably, it has an absolutely amazing cliffhanger. Yeah. Definitely not going to spoil that. But it won't spoil that. There, there's no resolution, but it has a staggering end of first season cliffhanger. Yes. And it does, it does a weird thing. Like, I looked into reasons why it was canceled, and a lot of the reasons say, oh, because it had such high production costs, but such low low viewers or whatever. But what I understand is it, it ran 10 episodes, and that was supposed to be the end of season season one. But it was doing so well that the studio, uh, I believe it was appeared on NBC at the time, was like, hey, five more episodes, and then you can come back. You know, Give us five more episodes. So it was enough viewership that they wanted five more episodes. They got the five episodes. Like I said, it ended on February 6th, and then February 12th or February 12th or 16th I forgot the top of my head was the start of the Winter Olympics of 06 and so the the Olympics went on for like you know whatever a month just about at least a couple of weeks and I I guess they forgot to bring it back because you don't tell people to make more episodes if it's not making views and then just forget to bring it back so there something happened behind the scenes somewhere Either they forgot something didn't get signed, or they misplaced something. Something in but, something, something weird happened. Yeah, you don't cancel something that's doing well enough for you to ask them to make more episodes, and then just never bring it back ever again. I'll probably never know what happened. I don't, but it it it, it is a fantastic show. And I the acting was good. I mean, the CGI might be a little dated for, for considering the time frame, but. Is a wonderful show. Good acting. I love the story. I would love to have seen where it was going. Now, you can buy it on Apple TV. But if you have NBC, uh, it is streaming on NBC. NBC has, I guess everybody's got a streaming service. Yeah. You, you still have a box set somewhere? I, I don't know whatever happened to it. I know I owned the DVDs for a long time, but I don't know if I still do. I don't know what happened to them. Hmm. Oh, well. Who knows? We'll ever watch it again. I'd like to, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. It's tough to turn on something that's canceled somehow. We we understand it's tough to turn on things you know are canceled, but to, to the experiences can be worth it. I don't that's really it. have... I, the only thing I do is a, it has a tagline, and I'll say that, and then... All right. I guess that's it for this episode. We appreciate you people hanging out with us and listen to, listen to our maybe semi to mostly negative thoughts about Dragoon. Uh, write to us let us know your thoughts please if you write to us about Dragoon or anything like that speak about something more than just the first disc we prefer that and appreciate it uh, find us on all our social media follow us keep up with us we're, we're around on everything I think that's all I, got, all I really got to say so I'll say goodbye here and let Blake wrap things up surface there's something in the water and uh, I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night